0: Hi, it's Rob West. And before we get to the podcast, I wanted to tell you about a special group of people. MoneyWise patrons are supporters for this nonprofit ministry that choose to send monthly gifts to support two critical areas. First, helping to extend the reach of our national radio programs, money management app, website, and other resources. And second, providing free MoneyWise app pro scholarships for students or people in financial hardship. Would you consider becoming a MoneyWise patron by making a monthly financial gift to MoneyWise? Just visit MoneyWise.org and click Donate. And thanks in advance for your generous partnership. It's great to have options, but it can lead to confusion when you're trying to decide how best to save for your kids' college education. Hi, I'm Rob West. It's no secret that I'm a fan of 529 Savings Plans. And there are plenty of good reasons for it. But it's not your only option. Today, I'll compare 529 Education Savings Plans to Coverdell accounts. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise: biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Okay, so we almost always advise parents to open a 529 plan to pay for their kids' college expenses. And no doubt it's a great tax-advantaged way to save. But a Coverdell account has at least one advantage that makes it worth considering. Uh, But first, let's look at how the two plans are similar. To start, like 529 plans, Coverdell Education Savings Accounts, or ESAs, give families a tax-advantaged way to save not only for college, but also for elementary and secondary expenses. That was always true for the ESA, but not the 529. Five years ago, the 529 was changed, so parents could use it for K-12 through education, up to $10,000 a year for qualified expenses. Now, what do I mean by tax-advantaged? Well, it doesn't mean that your contributions to either an ESA or 529 are deductible on your federal tax return, although some states will give you a break there. It does mean that your earnings are allowed to grow tax-free in both types of accounts. So for either plan, you pay taxes on the money going in, but no taxes when you make withdrawals for qualified educational expenses, and those are generally defined as tuitions and fees, books, and some room and board expenses. Also, when you apply for college aid using the Free Application for Federal Student Aid, or FAFSA, both ESAs and 529s will be counted as family assets. You're probably thinking, well, if they're so much alike, why do we need both? Well, there are major differences between the two. First, ESAs were really designed for low- and middle-income families, so they come with income restrictions. Your modified adjusted gross income can't exceed 190000 for married couples filing jointly or 110000 for single filers. 529 plans don't have income restrictions, although individual state 529 plans may set their own maximum balance, and those range around 235000 to over a half a million dollars. So that distinction could be important for some folks. ESAs have an income limit, 529s do not. But that's not the only difference, and here's where the major advantage of the Coverdell ESA comes in. It's in your investment options. A 529 plan is similar to a 401k when it comes to investing. You can only invest in the options provided by the plan and they tend to be traditional assets like mutual funds. An ESA on the other hand is more like an IRA. In fact, they were actually called education IRAs until the name was changed 20 years ago. You can open an ESA at a bank, credit union or brokerage firm and from there you can invest in almost anything, including individual stocks and bonds, real estate investment trusts, mutual funds, and exchange-traded funds. So flexibility is the key advantage that the Coverdell ESA has over the 529. And now you may be thinking, well, if ESAs are so great, why do you usually recommend 529 plans? Well, it's because ESAs also have two disadvantages. First, contributions are lower with ESAs. You can only put 2000 a year into an ESA. With a 529 plan, individuals can contribute up to 16000 a year without having to fill out a federal gift tax form 709. Uh, contributions above that count against an individual's lifetime gift exclusion of $12.06 million. So it's certainly not a problem for most folks. The ESA has one other disadvantage, an age restriction, that the 529 does not have. You have to make all of your contributions to an ESA before your child turns 18 and then use those contributions and earnings before the child reaches age 30. That could be a problem for students who might consider grad school, especially med school, which requires an additional four years of study. In that case, the 529 is definitely better than the ESA. Now, one final word whether you choose an ESA or a 529, it's important to start saving early to make the most of compound earnings over the years. All right, your calls are next. The number 800 525 7000. I'm Rob West, and we'll be right back. Stay with us.
1: At MoneyWise, we are on a mission. To educate, equip, and connect you and many others with the powerful financial answers found in God's Word through national radio programs, our app, website, and other resources. If you've benefited from MoneyWise and believe in this mission, would you consider becoming a monthly MoneyWise patron? Check out all the benefits of a MoneyWise patron's membership at moneywise.org and click Give on the homepage.
0: Christian Healthcare Ministries enables believers to meet their health care costs affordably, biblically, and compassionately. It's not insurance, but a voluntary cost-sharing ministry based on the biblical example of Christians sharing each other's needs. And members aren't fined under the law for not having health insurance. Christian Health Care Ministries might be your health cost solution. Call 800-791-6225 or visit chministries.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West, your host. Take your calls and questions, 800-525-7000. Gabby T. standing by today to accept your call. We've got several lines open. Again, 800-525-7000. We'd love to hear from you. Before we head back to the phones, let me remind you, Money Wise and Money Wise Media are listener-supported. We're a not-for-profit ministry serving you, helping you to be wise and faithful stewards, making a godly financial decisions with his resources. We do that through this program or at our moneywise coaches, our web resources, and a whole lot more. And we do it as a direct result of your financial support. So if you'd consider a gift, we'd certainly be grateful. You can give online quickly and safely at moneywise.org. Just click the Donate button. You'll find an address to send a gift through the mail. You can give toll-free over the phone with one of our team members 24-7, or you can give online through our secure form. Again, moneywise.org. Just click Donate. Thanks in advance. 800 five two five, seven thousand. Let's head back to the phones. We'll go to Spokane, Washington. Paul, thanks for your patience. Go right ahead, sir.
2: So um, I have I have a 401k, an IRA, a Roth IRA, and then uh, some money in Edward Jones in a in a stock account, which they all lost a bunch of money in like the first quarter this year. Sure. And anyway, I was thinking about maybe buying some I bonds, but I don't really know anything about I bonds. Maybe you could give me a little information about uh, I bonds.
0: I'd be happy to, Paul. Now you're not going to be able to buy them inside a retirement account. Uh, you'd have to buy it with taxable money. Are you for, are you aware of that?
2: No, but that would be fine. I've okay. got yeah, I've got. Taxable money. That okay. I could
0: buy yeah. So, I bonds, the I stands for inflation. So, the inflation bonds are issued by the U.S. Treasury and they're uh, intended to overcome the effects of inflation. There's a fixed component to it, and then there's a, an index adjusted component that's pegged to the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. So, they're backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. And because of what's happening right now with inflation, that adjustable component has pushed the interest rate, the yield on these I bonds runs up to 9.62 uh, they uh, That rate will adjust every six months. It just happened in May. It will happen again in November. And it will move based on what happens with CPI between now and then. It will likely come down, but I don't think it'll come down much. It'll still be a very attractive rate for essentially a risk-free investment, given that it's backed by the U.S. government. Uh, you do have to hold them for at least a year. And if you cash it out within five years, but more than one year, you'll give up three months worth of interest uh, as a penalty, which is not a big deal. Um, And you can only put in $10,000 in electronic I-bonds. You'll find them at treasurydirect.gov treasurydirect.gov. You'll open an account. You can do an ACH transfer of the funds in to buy the electronic bonds. The only way you can get above $10,000 is through an additional $5,000 in paper I-bonds, but that has to come through a federal income tax refund. So if that's not available, you'd be limited to the $10,000 in electronic funds. It's the best investment out there right now, Paul. So I'd head to treasurydirect.gov and you can set up your account today. Thanks for your call. Dave, you're up next on the program go right ahead
2: hey thanks for taking my call yeah i am we uh we just bought a house about a month ago and we owe a little over two hundred thousand left on it we're coming into some money i don't have a whole lot of retirement but the re- money that we're coming into could pay off the house do i do that okay. or do i do retirement
0: yeah how far away are you from retirement dave um
2: i'm 54
0: okay and would you expect to retire sometime in the next 10 or 11 years?
2: Well, part of me doesn't want to retire until I'm in my 70s. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, I can certainly understand that. Well, as believers, you know, our calling doesn't expire, even though we may change from paid work to something different. I think, um, you know, God has a plan for us so long as we're here. Um, but it is important to save for the future. So if you are unable to work or God redirects you to something else, then you've got the ability to fund your expenses. Um, and, and talk to me about what you have saved to this point. Um, what type of re- retirement accounts do you have?
2: We got some uh, 401s. We got three 401s right now.
0: All right. And the total between the three, roughly?
2: Uh, Probably about 10,000.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're just getting started. Um, You know, there's something to be said about owning your home free and clear. I'm a big fan. So if you said, Rob, we just have a conviction that coming into this money, this is a great opportunity for us to get this home paid off and we could recapture that mortgage payment and begin to sock that away for the future diligently every month. Um, I would say, you know, that's not a bad decision. Uh, but the keep in mind, the market will recover well before the economy recovers because it looks out a good bit. And so, you know, given the fact that you could take this money and begin to systematically move it into the market over the balance of this year and then benefit from the market's recovery and compounded growth, um, you know, I think would be a good thing. Uh, do you all, you know, after paying all your bills, including that mortgage payment, do you all have any margin or are you living paycheck to paycheck?
2: Um, we have a little bit, not a whole lot.
0: Okay. All right. And as you and your wife have sat down and talked about this, do you all have a conviction one way or the other, or, or are you kind of both feeling like you could go either way? Uh, the,
2: uh, both go, we feel that like we can go either way. I kind of want to pay off the house so I can recapture that and put it towards retirement.
0: Meaning you would sell it and take the money and downsize or meaning you just make sure you yeah. have some place to live?
2: Yeah, we would we would sell it and take the money and downsize it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I think you could go uh, either way. I mean, the only thing that's given me pause is, you know, you're a little bit behind. I mean, with $10,000 10 or 11 years out, I mean, the goal is, and, and don't let this scare you because most people don't reach this, but the idea would be that you'd want 10 times your salary in your retirement Accounts by the time you retire. So if you're making $75,000 a year, you'd want $750,000 in your retirement accounts, the idea being that that pulled out at a 4% withdrawal rate, plus Social Security would probably get you to about 80% of your pre-retirement income, which is what most people live on in retirement uh, because their expenses come down. Hopefully they're debt free, the kids are off the payroll, they drop insurance, they don't drive as much to work and car, you know, clothes and that kind of thing. Uh, so because of that, you know, you're a little behind and so this could help to jumpstart that. Uh, if you do it, I would get an advisor and I would try to systematically move as much of that into tax deferred environments as possible. So I'd probably max out your 401k contribution up to the 20500 you could put in plus a traditional IRA, even if that meant you had to live on part of the 200000 because essentially you'd be moving it from one bucket to the other, a taxable account to a non-taxable or a tax-deferred account. Uh, because the quicker we can fund that tax-deferred environment means that as this money grows, as the market recovers, you're not going to have the taxes as a drag on the investments. Does that make sense? sense?
2: Yes, it does. Thank you very yeah. much.
0: Yeah. So if I would say you and your wife just Pray about it. Ask the Lord to give you some wisdom. If you all just at the end of the day have this conviction and desire to be debt free, know that you own your home, you know, you want the flexibility of being unencumbered, then I'd say go for it, but make sure you're very disciplined in taking that monthly payment and not letting that get chewed up in additional lifestyle spending. Make sure that goes into salary deferral right into the 401k or a Roth IRA or both. But if you want to jumpstart your retirement, given where the market is, I'd say let's totally make max out those uh, those retirement accounts, two Roths, one for each of you, plus your 401k. And if she works as well, hers as well. And let's try to get as much of that 200,000 in a tax deferred environment as quick as you can. And uh, Dave, I could go either way. You guys pray about it and make the call. We appreciate you checking in with us today. 800 525 Looks like one line open, perhaps one just for you. We'll be right back. Stick around. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal, but you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find daily questions to reflect on and practical exercises paired with Scripture for spiritual and financial growth. Right now, you can request your copy of the Money Seeking God's Wisdom 31-day devotional with a gift of any amount at MoneyWise.org. Investing is more than just returns. It's an expression of who you are and what you value. Does the way you invest your money reflect your identity as a Christian? At Eventide, we design investments for performance and a better world so you can invest with the confidence to reach your financial goals while remaining true to your Christian values and commitments. We call this investing that makes the world rejoice. More is available at investeventide.com. That's investeventide.com. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2,300 verses on money and possessions found in God's word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000, 800 Five two five seven thousand. As we recognize our role as stewards of God's money, we want to be found faithful with what passes through our hands, on our knees, saying, Lord, I don't want to take my cues from the, wor- from the world. I want to take my cues from you. What should my lifestyle look like? How should I be giving in these challenging times to help others who are in a desperate situation, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, recognizing I can't control the U.S. economy or the tax code or the interest rates, but I can control my own contentment and my own use of your resources. I want to be found faithful and I want to take my cues from your word because I know that's the ultimate source of truth. Well, together on this program, we can help you do that as we navigate the scriptures and try to apply God's wisdom to your financial decisions and choices. Let's head back to the phone. St. Petersburg, Florida. Alan, you've been very patient. Go right ahead.
2: Yes, sir. I, um, my question is, um, I have a precious metals IRA. Um, I'm of age to take it, and my thinking is to take it because all I'm doing is paying fees on it. Yeah. And if I had it myself, I wouldn't be paying those fees. And I, yeah. I'm just wondering if that's a wise idea. I know I would probably um, get, I would have to pay the 20% tax on it right away I would imagine isn't that correct?
0: Uh, Well, you would certainly uh, owe the tax on it. It would be added to your taxable income as the money comes out of the IRA. Uh, Whether or not it would be withheld automatically or not would depend upon where the IRA is. But at the end of the day, you would owe the money, and so you'd want to set that aside even if it wasn't done for you. Uh, I think the key here, Alan, is not, you know, we don't want to get in a binary trap, you know, should I sell or not. We want to really look at this IRA in the context of your bigger financial. Life. The IRA is just a container that's providing tax deferral for the long term. Uh, the assets inside it, you've uh, said, are precious metals. I would avoid being highly concentrated in uh, the precious metals. I'd rather see you take that money. And if you don't need it, you've got a long time horizon, build a properly diversified stock and bond portfolio, especially in light of the, the pullback that we've seen in the market that would allow you to take advantage of the recovery recovery in the days ahead, but that's going to come down to your time horizon, which really has to do with how quickly you need that money. Um, what do you have in there? What's the total value of the portfolio? Uh,
2: it's, I just looked at it earlier. It's over uh, 30000 It's uh, okay. like maybe $30,100, something like that, 30200
0: okay. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You know, even though you're not at retirement, once you get to retirement, the Lord tarries and you're in good health, you still have a decades-long need for this money. If, in fact, this is money you're not going to live on, you just want it to grow. So I think from that standpoint, I would look at reinvesting this in a more diversified uh, account so you're not in one asset classes like precious metals, but you have diversification across stocks and bonds, perhaps a properly balanced portfolio. Uh, You certainly, uh, you're the steward, so you need to make that decision in light of your goals and your priorities. But we appreciate you checking with us, sir. God bless you. To Tampa, Florida, Pamela, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. Yes,
1: I'm 62 and I have, um, I'm looking for a home. Uh, I have 10,000 in, in, my checking account. So I have nine thousand in savings. I have no bills whatsoever. So I'm with a realtor right now looking for homes. And can I afford a mortgage at 1800 eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred? Could I making? Um, I make probably fifty one thousand. Uncle Sam gets eight thousand of that. So I bring home probably forty two uh, thousand a year. And I'm kind of at a loss because I'm yeah. staying with friends right now, yeah. and what do I do? How can I put a roof over my head and still be able to save uh, and not get in trouble?
0: Yeah, and when you say you have no bills, you're just referring to the fact that you're keeping your expenses really low because you're living with friends, correct?
1: Yes, right now they're not. Yeah. I'm not paying any rent or anything like that, so I've yeah. been able to save everything that I make. But that time, my yeah. time is running out.
0: Yeah, the challenge is, you know, at 3500 a month take-home pay, I would typically say we really don't need to put more than 25%. Toward your mortgage, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. Uh, the challenge is in this environment where housing prices are, and on top of that, now we've got mortgage rates at over six and a half percent. You know that's only eight hundred and seventy-five dollars a month, and that's going to be challenging whether you're buying or renting. Even if you go up to thirty, which would typically be my kind of top end, that's a thousand fifty, and you're going to struggle there, especially with uh, you know the down payment that I'm hearing that you have. Because I really want for you to have six months' expenses in savings um and then save for your down payment beyond that, and I'd like for you to have twenty percent down how much are are you looking to spend what what price of homes have you been shopping
1: oh two uh two forty two thirty yeah. uh two fifty i qual- they said I qualify for like three thousand twenty five something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, but that that means that you need, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily take them at face value on what you qualify for. We've got to make it work in your budget. They don't have to balance the budget like you do. Um, You know, I typically want you to have 20% down, which is 46000 and obviously we're a good ways from there. So I think right now, as long as you can stay with friends and, you know, really focus on building up savings, I think that would be my focus when it's time to go, and I realize that time may be sooner than later, only you know, you know, you may want to look at trying to rent something and... Get a, uh, something where you could perhaps, you know, rent out a room or share an apartment with somebody so you could keep your expenses down because we really need to get through this period of time, let the housing market cool off a bit. You need more savings and we've got to make the budget balance. And again, my typical, uh, rule of thumb would be based on your take home pay that you're not spending more than a thousand dollars on your, your mortgage payment. Certainly not seventeen, eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars. If you did that and you put half Of your take home pay toward the mortgage, I would just question whether you're going to be able to balance the budget with everything else if you're being realistic. So I'd look at staying as long as you can where you are. I'd look at saving as much as you can for the down payment. And I'd really dial into that budget and be honest with yourself because if you buy too much house and put yourself in a position where you can't afford to cover your bills, you know, that's going to end up being even more challenging because now we're looking at foreclosure and all the expense there. And I know you don't want to go through anything like that. So Um, I'd go back to the budget. I'd delay this as long as you can, Pamela, and I'd save, save, save. We appreciate your call today. Well, we're out of time once again, but we'll come back and do it all again next time. I appreciate your carving some time out of your busy day to join us here on the program. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or perhaps missed a past program or want to hear it again, you can do that and check out our program notes at MoneyWise.org or on the free MoneyWise app in your App Store. And if you enjoyed the program, I hope you'll tell a friend about it and then plan on joining us again next time right here on MoneyWise. MoneyWise is provided by MoneyWise Media and listeners like you.